0: For they that have ears, let them hear this word that is from your truth, your wisdom, and your knowledge, Father God. You bless me by allowing me to be a conduit of your word to share your knowledge and wisdom. And I pray, Father God, for this broken place. I pray for those that claim the title of Christian and yet do nothing. I pray for them, that they will come to their senses and come back to you, Father God. So, brothers and sisters, yeah, you heard. You heard right. Do I sound somewhat mm, tonal, and that I might be? No, I'll just I'll say agitated. Yeah, I'm agitated. I'm agitated because there are those that have the audacity, the audacity to claim that title and yet will just sit idly by, complacent and claim, oh, well, it's already done. The decision's already made. God wins. I'll just sit back and collect. Well, guess what? If you were reading the word of God and the scriptures, you would find that it doesn't exactly work that way. I mean, it can. But let me share this with you, brothers and sisters. I would much rather when I arrive at Heaven's Gate and the angelic hosts are there and they're looking through the book and they ask, By what authority or what right do you think that you have to be here? And then I say, because I believe that Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, my Abba Yahweh, my Father, Maker of all things made, and my Lord Jesus Christ came and gave his life for me. And I believe in him. And my faith walk was with the Lord God Almighty and the Holy Spirit. And I did my father's business. And then Jesus Christ will give the nod and my Father God will say, welcome home, my good and faithful son. I would much rather have that than just show up and say, yeah, they're here and they're in the book. But you have to understand something, brothers and sisters. God has called us to a purpose. Let me ask you this. How much better do you think you are than Jesus Christ? Does that sound like a challenge? Does that sound confrontational? Not really. It's just food for you to think on. If, and if the shoe fits, then put it on and wear it. And if it doesn't, then don't get your knickers in a twist and get all offended. Like I said, If you seek a fence, you'll easily find it. And I might give you food for that. I don't know. But I'm speaking truth. How much better are you than Jesus Christ? You see, here's the thing. I remember a song when I was a child growing up in church. What a friend we have in Jesus And I bring that up because I was talking about and sharing with you about those friends that are, have been likened to, actually, if you look in the scripture and read about them, they have been likened to a millstone around your neck because they drag you down. They don't edify you. They don't lift you up. They don't help you. They don't exalt God. They don't think that it's a good thing. Instead, what they do is they make fun of you. They belittle you. They make fun of your faith and... They get, when you go on your own with them and you think somehow hanging out with them is going to change them, but then you get drawn into the drink and the carousing and all the stuff that they're getting into, and then you fall in with that. But I'm sharing this for a reason, brothers and sisters. Uh, let me ask you this. And I, I shared with you too that that my earthly father had shared that that we only really have True friends that you can count in most people's lifetime on one hand. True friend. Now, there's a different. There's a whole lot of people that use the word friend very loosely and just kind of basically at the drop of a hat. My My mom got kind of that way when she got older. And I had to admonish her because she was... she got herself in some fixes with these people that came and found out how easy it was to sucker her from money. And um, so I, I became very protective. But here's the thing. True friends would give you the shirt off their back. And if you were their true friend, you wouldn't ask for it unless you really needed it. But here's the thing. Jesus Christ, my friend, gave me the skin off his back. Sound a little crude? Brothers and sisters, you have no idea the historical significance of the Roman crucifixion. They became artists at the crucifixion death. They be they made it into an art form if one could call it that and when they scourged my lord Jesus Christ who came and sacrificed himself for me when they whipped him it was um, they called it something else I can't remember now but and this was a physician who had shared this information in a Bible study that my brother who's a pastor and a, and a deacon and was an uh, an elder through a uh, Thing that was uh, David Wilkerson had started the drug abuse preventative system, and and uh, at any rate, the doctor had done this research and study, and they called it something else. But it was like a cat of nine tails. It was a leather thong, and woven into the leather straps were beads, leaded beads. Some of them were just knots and some of them were just the But the one that they used on Jesus Christ had the leaded beads in it. And when they tied him to the post and they beat my Lord Jesus Christ, my friend, it shredded his skin, it shredded him. So brethren and sisters, again, I ask you, how much better are you And the U is in a general term, so don't get your knickers in a twist over that. But how much better are you that you can just claim the victory that God promises to us in the Bible and not do what God has called and asked us to do, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But just sit back in your comfort zone and not be uncomfortable by going out and being in front of somebody and having to share the word of God with them. I'm not better than my Lord Jesus Christ. And I not only shared in this platform that my Lord God has given me permission to use and set this up for me, and I've shared that with you, brothers and sisters. I was trying to find a platform, be able to do this thing in a podcasting. Great deal of difficulty and a great deal of money, which I don't have to be able to do this. He found this for free and showed it to me, presented it to me, gifted it to me and blessed me with this because I have done what he has asked me to do. And I will continue doing what he asked me to do. And I not only do it on this platform, but I do it face to face with people. And I'm getting braver at it. I used to be, I don't know, you know, and, and I used to find excuses and what if they this, and what if they that, and they don't this, and they don't that, and you know, I'm, I'd be embarrassed, but here's the deal. You can only be embarrassed by something if you allow yourself to be embarrassed. You can only feel guilty about something if you allow yourself to feel guilty about it. Somebody can't make you feel guilty. They can't make you embarrassed. So when people use that terminology when they say things like that, and, and uh, you know, things about sharing the word of God. Oh, it makes me embarrassed to get out there in front of people. And really, who's making you feel embarrassed? Is somebody beating you up or pointing a a sharp stick at you or prodding you or something that's going to make you that way? Brothers and sisters, get up off the easy chair, get off the recliner and you know, there's also those that have pulled themselves back into what can only be described as a tomb. They pull themselves into a dark, dank area. They pull the stone across the front of that. They pull the shades down, and they don't open it up for anybody. Everything's getting delivered to them. And of course, there's this other stuff, but they're allowing to fear to drive them. They're not looking and seeking God's truth and his knowledge of wisdom. They're being driven by fear. They're fearful. And yeah, it's driving and I pray about it and I pray for everyone I do, brothers and sisters. I'm not pointing my finger in judgment because I'm not telling anyone specifically. And I can't do that anyway because that's not my job. My job is to point out and if it's an admonishment that you're hearing, then that's fine. I have no problem with that. And like I said, if the shoe fits, then wear it. Think about what I'm saying. Is it resonating truth? Because that's all I tell is the truth. And I've got no problem getting out and sharing the word of God. Why, you know, hey, be an example, I am. And, you know, I'll be quite honest with you with this. When I started reading Paul's letters and and the way he spoke and things that, you know, I thought, wow, that's pretty arrogant. No, it's not. That's bold confidence. There's a difference between arrogance and bold confidence. Paul was boldly confident in what he was doing. Because why? Because Jesus Christ gave him the authority to do it and confronted him. Yeah, that was a confrontation, all right? Because he knocked Paul off the ass he was riding and onto the one that he rests on in a chair, onto the ground, and then he took his sight. And then he sent him on a mission. And that mission was to share the gospel of truth Light and life. And he got really good at it. And so much so that they chased him down. And what he used to do is chase down and hunt down Christians, kill them, burn out their churches or what they were setting up as a church. And when Stephen was stoned, he stood by and held the coats of those that stoned him. The pharisaic council that decided that he was too much like Jesus and they had to kill him too so they did they stoned him to death Paul wound up going to prison numerous times most of his at least I can't remember what the percentage is now 85% of the epistles that he wrote and the scriptures in in the word of God were from either house arrest prison or chains And then, of course, he was killed. And he did this for Christ's sake. I'm going to share some scriptures with you, brothers and sisters, if you're fearful and you don't want to get out and share the word of God, the truth, the gospel of God, the Father, Abba Yahweh, maker of all things made, our creator, And you have issues and it kind of frightens you to get out and share the word. In Exodus chapter 14, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show unto you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. This is when they were at the Red Sea. The Red Sea was parted. And they were there and frightened. They were screaming and frightened. Didn't know what to do. And then God said to them, as Jesus Christ said to the sea, Peace, be still, and see that I am my Lord, thy God. And the sea closed up on the Egyptians and destroyed their little chariot race that they were chasing after the nation of Israel. Brothers and sisters, this instruction manual. This is this is very important. In Psalms, David writes. And Psalm 19, starting in verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, that much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back my servant, thy servant also. From presumptions, sins, let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Brethren and sisters, David says it all right there pretty much. The law of the Lord is perfect. God's perfect. And until he who is perfect has come, there is nothing in this world that's perfect. And that would be Jesus Christ when he returns again as the conquering king, Lord, God, lion of the tribe of Judah. That's how he's returning. Came once as a sacrificial lamb beaten and shredded for me and whosoever believes on him but you know I've shared this with you brothers and sisters a similitude to this that the words and these scriptures it's God's treasury He trusts me with this. He's entrusted me with this platform to do and share his gospel and the gospel of my Lord Jesus Christ. And David says it right here. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Also, he tells us that in this very word, the very same word that is sweeter than honey and more precious than gold, moreover by them is thy servant warned. And also that there is great reward. Understand that the Bible tells us the consequences of actions that we take that are contrary to the teaching of the word of God. But it also teaches us of the great reward. Paul writes about the reward. That when we, we run a good race, and when we get there, we are crowned a crown of victory, which we cast at our Lord Christ's feet. Why? Because he's worthy. We're not worthy to be that, but here's the thing. We are invited to be heirs and joint heirs in the kingdom of heaven. Heirs and joint heirs with whom? With Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We are invited to be that by creation of Lord God Almighty, the maker of all things made. All he asks of of us is to believe in the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, have faith in God, Abba, Yahweh, and seek Baraklitos, the Holy Spirit to guide us and teach us in the word and to share the word. To share his word, the truth that whosoever, whoever has an ear, let them hear. We're talking about spiritual hearing and spiritual sight, brothers and sisters. I've seen some things this past week that just are a marvel to me. And I tell my father about it. I tell him that it's beautiful and wondrous that he shares this with me. I have an entomological garden in my yard that's just unbelievable. I, I found these two, I'm not even sure what they are. I have to look them up, but they're two moths and they were they were coupled together. They were, yeah, they were, they were mating, but they were fascinating because they were rather large. And it was very interesting that on the back of their, uh, I don't even, it's, it's not their thorax, but up closer to where their head is, there is a mask on it. And then, oh, it wasn't like in the Silence of the Lambs. It, uh, it was similar. They were, might've even been related to that, but there was a face. I took pictures of it. It's, it's amazing. And then the other day, at work, he shared this dragonfly with me. It was so beautiful. I'd never seen one like that before. Usually, I see their bodies are different color and you know, but pretty much translucent wings, and that's it. This dragonfly came by and then lit down on this little twig and just kept hanging around. And I kept looking at it and I'm going, "Oh God, thank you." This thing's the, the wings were next to the body that went out part way and they were kind of a dark root beerish color that you could see through when they went and the light was behind. Them. And then the tip was this grey coloration and, and when it was flying around and, and darting around and doing its little helicopter flight and circling and coming back and landing. I mean this thing was gorgeous. And then the western setting sun that he showed to me. Yesterday and the day before, oh my gosh, my father, God, it was beautiful. And these are the things that the scriptures talk to us about, brothers and sisters. How are you going to have an excuse when those things in nature and in the world scream out the the might and the power and the prowess of our Lord God creator? The rivers and the oceans, they roar his name. The winds, they shout his praise. Brethren and sisters, these things that God puts out here for us. And it's just, wow. And I'm going to share this other thing here that in uh, Jeremiah. And this is pretty much uh, this country in a nutshell. In Jeremiah 25, starting at verse 4, And the Lord has sent unto you all his servants, the prophets rising early and sending them, but ye have not hearkened, nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, Turn ye again now, every one, from his evil way and from the evil of your doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord hath given unto you and unto your fathers forever and ever and go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them, and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no hurt. Yet ye have not hearkened unto me, saith the Lord, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, because ye have not heard my words, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all these nations round about and will utterly destroy them and make them in an astonishment and in hissing and perpetual desolations. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness and voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the candle. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Lord God Almighty became angry with the nation of Israel because they were a stiff-necked people, and he called them that. And you remember I shared that with you, brothers and sisters, when you have a mule or a horse, that's stubborn, and it won't turn in the direction that you want it to turn, but it wants to go in its own direction. The mule skinner and the team serve would call them stiff-necked. But here you see that God coined that phrase centuries ago when he called Israel stiff-necked. And he told Moses they were stiff-necked. And Moses took that word from God and called them stiff-necked. And here is what is being talked about by the prophet Jeremiah. And he's talking to them. Brothers and sisters, that's what's going on in this country. We have turned our back on our Lord God. He gave this land and our forefathers represented and they understood one nation under God. And that's the way this country was founded on those principles. And now this nation has turned its back. And we wonder why this nation is going through the spoil that it's going through. Is there any wonder, brothers and sisters? We have turned our back on our Lord God Almighty. This nation must repent. The churches must repent. Because brothers and sisters, I'm telling you right now, I see many that are only interested in the lucre that they can make from their congregation and they have no intention of giving anything to God. They are vaunted in their own arrogance and self-worth, and they have no inkling whatsoever to give to God what is God's. They just keep it. And they keep God locked up in that little wooden box, and they might bring him out for a special occasion, but even then, they fail to do so. These elected officials, they won't even open their sessions with prayer anymore. It's a sad thing, brothers and sisters, but you know, my prayers continue on my going out and coming in, just like I pray for you. I pray for my brothers and sisters, and that is everyone in this country. Even those elected officials that perform so egregiously and treat people so terribly, and even this guy right now that people thought was the greatest thing since the invention of the napkin. And as a veteran American and a patriot for this country, despicable. And I gotta tell you honestly, brother and sister, I had, an, uh, I had such a flashback that my companions and friends, when they went to Beirut and the embassy was blown up, I was supposed to be there with them. I thought I was supposed to be there with them. I thought I should be there with them. God had other plans and I'm here. And I can't keep going back to that place, But. The enemy likes to do that. These are these are some of the seeds of the weeds they like to throw in there that I keep sharing with you about. This is the distraction and keeping us. But I keep coming to the Word. I keep chasing the Word, and that's where I want to be. I don't want to be out in the shadows. I don't want to be following those little the minions of Satan that lie, deceive, confuse, distract. That's what all these are about, brothers and sisters. And all this stuff that's going on out there around us in this world and all these things, there's a deeper agenda. It's not just politics and it's not just one country being over another. It has nothing to do with that. They're all being manipulated. The enemy is at work, brothers and sisters. He's trying. We know that the Lord God is sovereign. We know that Lord Jesus Christ has promised to return as a triumphant king. We know that, but Satan is trying to gather as many as he can. Brothers and sisters, we cannot fail in being about our father's business. We have to give as many people as we possibly can the opportunity, the chance to say, yes, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. I believe he is the only begotten son of Lord God Almighty. And I want to have that faith in my God. And I want the Holy Spirit to guide me. You have that opportunity, brothers and sisters. You can do it doesn't take any great pomp and circumstance and the beating of a big old bass drum and a parade to get you to go up the stairs to the front of the church and go in and march up to, it doesn't take that. You can do it alone at the foot of your bed. You can do it uh, in your bedroom and your living. It doesn't matter where you are. What matters is that you're talking to Lord God, Almighty, creator of all things, the maker of all things made. And you tell him, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ came and sacrificed himself for me. I believe that he did that. And I want to have faith in you. And I want the Holy Spirit to guide me, to teach me, to help me. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all it takes, brothers and sisters. It doesn't take a whole bunch of people in the church, although that's kind of nice when they do that and they all agree together, but you can do it on your own. If you've never taken that chance, you've never taken that opportunity, step out, give it a shot. Let me tell you what, brothers and sisters, it's well worth the trip. Oh my gosh, you talk about, and here's the deal, it's not like a flat plane train going out across the prairie. It can be a roller coaster ride, but the thing of it is that that's because the enemy wants to keep whooping up on us because our close walk with the Lord. But remember this: from the mountain tops that you, my Father God, have helped me attain, I will lift my hands in praise to you. I will lift my eyes up to you, Father God, and in the deepest, darkest valley. I will still lift my eyes to you because I know that you see me there and I am not alone. Yea, though I walk through this valley of the shadow that may be my death, I will fear no evil because you are my Lord, my God, and you have promised to be with me always. Brothers and sisters, he will. And he does. And I'm telling you, it's an awesome, wonderful thing. I have much less than what I used to have in my life. But brothers, I have the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. And I love to share this word. You already know that. You know how verbose I get. You've already found that out. But the great thing is it again, you can pause it. You can come back to it. You don't have to listen to my lengthy messages. The whole thing. Come back. Come back and replay and listen, brothers and sisters. I love you. I pray for you on my going out, my coming in. I love this nation. I love this country. I love my God. I love my Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, brothers and sisters. You have a blessed. this is the day rejoice in this day for this is the day that the Lord hath made and he made this day for you and he knows your walk because he's already been through it he will guide you he will hold you steady he loves us he loves you he loves me and remember this too brothers and sisters God is love it isn't that he loves us because it's the right thing to do because he's God. He loves us because that's what he is, and we can love him because he first loved us, and he has put his love in us, every single part of us, by all things, by him, consist. That means a part of him is in everything. He is in us. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, I love you. You have a good day. Be blessed. You're in my prayers, constantly in my prayers. Have a great day.